0: For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal: develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right. And stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop. 24/7. With super fast shipping, MidwayUSA.com. All right, I am blue. You are brought and shiny in my mind. You got me loving, hating, crazy, indecision in my mind.
1: Welcome to the Fall Podcast, where the focus is on deer hunting, tips, tricks, tactics, and stories from across the Midwest. And now, here is your host, Aaron Blisey. Happy Monday, everybody. This is the Fall Podcast, and I am your host, Aaron Blisey, and this is episode number 62. And today, I'm by myself. I don't have Justin by my side. He is out doing other things like bear hunting and, you know climbing the mountains or do whatever he wants to do right now but uh yeah by myself today i got an awesome guest on the podcast cameron deerfield and he is known for honestly last year shooting i mean a giant deer named papa's pride so a lot of you might know him or you know might be aware of this deer and this story is pretty crazy it's pretty cool we talk about the chess match of you know what he went through to get this deer you know it's a three-year quest on this deer so he's from southern Ohio and uh it's just a really cool story but uh I'm going solo on this one so I just kind of want to give an update here quickly on you know my turkey hunt that uh that just happened last week I was able to get a turkey finally and it was pretty cool so uh you know I I've been pretty busy lately and doing a lot of stuff with Rival Wild and the Kiefer Brothers and stuff like that at work and just haven't really been able to get out and hunt much and uh, I took my buddies out hunting last the two Saturdays ago and I was I took a gun but I was gonna call for them they haven't done a lot of turkey hunting and uh, man we had a day of all days and uh, eventually I'm gonna get those guys on here and we're gonna talk about it so it might be a little out of context it might be in the next couple weeks but it's just hard for all of us to get our schedules to line up and do it. But we're just going to get on there and, you know, drink some beers while we're doing it. And just cut up a little bit and talk about that day. Because it was a really special day for all of us, I think, in the turkey woods. But fast forward to uh, the Monday. So I went to, I actually hunted with Casey that morning. And uh, didn't have any luck. And, you know, went to work and, and came home that night. And uh, my wife and I had our daughter out in the backyard playing and my neighbor he owns uh, I think it's 20 acres behind the house he lets us deer hunt it and uh, lets us turkey hunt it and everything well on the backside of the timber there's an ag field and it's it's a it's a big ag field in the last couple years I mean we've lived here for five years now and you know you'll see a couple hens and you might see a tom you know, or two. I think last year we had uh, two toms show up later in May, or you know, around I mean, about, about this time, mid-May, late May. So what what happened is uh, my neighbor he mows a path through kind of like popples, you know, like shorter trees and CRP. Like he mows like a path that it's about uh, two truck lengths, and it kind of winds back and it opens up into like about a half acre plot. I w- I'll call it a plot, but it's uh, it's just mowed grass. And uh, it looks like a yard actually, but it's back uh, behind the house, probably 300 yards from my house. But we can see back there and see deer in there all the time. And and uh, it's got like autumn olives and, and trees around it. And then uh, from that, it goes to about a 30, air, 30 yard stretch of timber so it's a funnel and then it goes into the egg field so tuesday morning uh, i was going to go hunting with a couple of couple of the guys from work so i was out in the i was out in the truck and i was getting all my stuff around and my wife and my daughter playing in the backyard and in and, and my dog and everything and we're sitting there and i i uh, i got my slate call out and i was just putting some sandpaper on it getting it ready for the morning and I kind of did a couple yelps and purrs and my wife walked up into me and she's like, man, I, th- I think there's a Turkey back there. I, I heard one. And I'm like, no, cause we haven't seen them. We've only seen two hens and it was really sporadic. Like haven't seen a lot of turkeys around. And uh, I was like, I don't, I don't think you did. You know, I haven't seen any birds around cause we usually do laps at night too around the section to see if there's any birds out. And we haven't seen any. She's like, no, I'm pretty sure I saw a bird. And, uh, So I'm like, well, well, maybe you did, you know, so we were going to take a walk back there. Our neighbor lets us go, you know, walk the dog and, and, and my, my daughter likes to walk back there. So she's like, let's go take a walk back there. I'm like, okay. You know, and I grabbed my slate call and I'm like, I'm just going to take this and maybe do a couple yelps and see if there is a bird back there. We get halfway back there and we stopped and I'm like, I'm going to let out some yelps. I yelped twice in this turkey gobbles and i'm like holy cow he is back here so he's in the ag field which is we're probably within a hundred yards of him but he can't see us it's pretty thick in between us so i told my wife i'm like i want to go get my stuff on and go after that bird and she's like are you serious i'm like yeah i mean i think i can i think i can have him you know in front of me within the next half hour and so we got the dog and got the kid, and we're running back, kind of basically running back to the house so I can get them in the house. And it's like, it's like wrangling cats, I'll tell you. But uh, the dog thinks you're playing, and then my daughter just wants to be outside playing in the sandbox. And it's getting close to her bedtime, and it's like 7:30, you know. And uh, so I go grab grab my camel, put it on, get my gun loaded up. I and I'm like, I'm not gonna take any decoys. This is like going for broke. Just taking a slate call and, and, and a mouth call and going into it. So I start working back the the mode path and I hit the call and he gobbles. So I know where he's at. So I knew I could move up a little bit. So I move up about another fifty yards, and now I'm on that field, but it's it's not the perfect setup where I'm at. Like I knew where I figured he was gonna come out and he was still gonna be a ways away from me. So I want to get as close as I could and uh I yelped again, nothing. And I waited like two minutes, yelped again, and then I did like a, a couple cuts on the on the slate and did some purrs and everything, and he gobbled. So I'm like, I he, he hadn't moved. So I knew I could get a little bit closer. So I went about another 20 or 30 yards around the bend, and I got into a situation where I figured I could, you know, if he comes into this field, he's going to be within 20 yards. I knew he would be. So I'm thinking he's by himself, and uh, so I sit down there and I, and I see that I got this sapling in front of me, and it's kind of got it, it's almost act as a shooting stick. So I put my barrel of my gun in there, and I'm I'm using a slate, and I'm okay with a mouth call, but I really like using a slate call, and I feel like I'm a lot better at a slate call. So I I just you know work with the slate, and I knew if they were gonna come to this field, I had to be able to react quick and everything. So I yelp a little bit and then I had a hen yelp back at me. So I'm like, okay, he's got some hens with him, at least one that I knew of. And I'm like, this might be a little more tricky than I thought. And so I knew, you know, obviously there was hens with him, but once she was going to yelp back to me, I was going to cut her off and try to get her angry. And she yelped. And right in the middle of that yelp, I just, you know, and I just yelped right back at her, like, saying, hey, I want him over here, you know, and she got so upset at me. She would cut me off. I would cut her off, and then, I mean, same thing. She double cut, and it was, like, crazy, and the, this turkey's just gobbling, 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 and I'm like, okay, they're not moving. I could tell they weren't moving, so I just shut up, and I wanted her to get curious and be like, where is this hen I'm going to go look for her. And then Tom to come right behind her. And the curiosity got the best of me first. I waited what seemed like five minutes, but it was probably only about two minutes. And I'm like, I hadn't heard a gobble or a hen or nothing. And I'm like, I got to locate him again. So I yelped again, and he gobbled. And I could see just by the noise, they moved about 30 yards to the south, which I'm straight. Well, not straight. I am... I would be southwest of them, probably 70 yards. So they're moving south down the wood line towards me. And uh, then she yelped, and I cut her off again, and then she got really mad. And then I looked out through the trees, and I could see them walking. I could see a hen, and then I could see his fan come. And I'm like, they're going to come in here. And uh, so at that moment, I knew they were pretty much committed because they were about 40 yards, but they were on the other side of the timber. So I'm like, I better get the slate out of my hand and get the gun in my hand. So I took my safety off and I put the gun on my shoulder, but I actually still had my striker. I put my slate on the ground and right when I put the slate on the ground, I looked up and here comes two hens right in the field at 20 530 yards basically and I'm like well now I'm I got the striker in my hand I'm I'm I can't move you know and I see a redhead coming through the woods behind them and they're walking right up to me yelping right looking right at me yelping at me they come to five yards and they're just cackling at me and just trying to get me obviously they they see a human but they weren't you know upset that I was there they were upset that you know there was a hen somewhere but you know I mean you get it so this redhead comes through and I can see it's a jake and I'm like there's no way that was a jake you know he's only got like a three inch beard and he walks in and then at that moment I heard boom and I hear him like spitting and drumming I'm like okay there's a bird coming behind him I look back and here comes this tom and he is full struck coming through the timber And I'm like, there he is, you know, he walks right into the field. He's already within range, but I still got my striker in my hand. So I had my left hand on the gun and the butt of the gun is in my shoulder or in my, you know, where you want to seat it. But I got to pick the gun up and just kind of take like a quick shot, but I got to drop my striker and these hens at the same time are just cackling and then they're feeding. I mean, five yards in front of me, so I can't even hardly breathe the jakes in the field tom comes in the field and he won't he will not come out of strut and he works over and my whole thought was i i needed to get him as close as i could to me so when i do go to grab for the gun you know it's going to be an easier shot cuz you know they're going to freak out right when i move well the hens kind of start settling down and they kind of started working off. And this time he's coming. He's spitting, drumming. He he didn't gobble when he was in the field, but he's spitting and drumming still. And he comes to like 11 yards. And I figured that was my time to make a move for it. And when I took, when I dropped the striker, picked up the gun, and the whole time like the hens started, you know, putting and leaving. And he kind of picked his head up and I just put the bead on him and and shot him. And, I mean, (laughs) it was crazy. And that was, I mean, that was basically the end of it. And uh, it worked out great. And first bird behind the house. And, you know, it's just pretty rewarding to be able to do that. And that was the first time I really ever, you know, got hens, like, really upset at me and brought a tom. And so that was pretty cool, too. So, in a nutshell or the whole story long version that was my turkey hunt but pretty rewarding we still got a couple yeah was it two weeks left i think it's two weeks left so I, i'm trying to get my wife a bird and i got a couple buddies that haven't filled a tag yet so hoping to get out there and and uh get some more birds on the ground for sure because they are still out in the field strutting you know hend up still and gobbling and i like it it's fun but uh yeah, enough of me rambling on by myself, but uh, before we do get into this interview with Cameron, I do want to remind everybody about uh, the America's Best Bowstrings Fall Podcast promo code. So, you know, go to the go to the website and order your custom strings and type in Fall Podcast to get $10 off your orders, $99 and over. So with that being said, I'm going to kick this over to my interview with Cameron and uh, let you guys enjoy. All right, on the phone with me today is Cameron Deerfield. Cameron, how you doing, man?
2: Oh, pretty good, brother. Just sitting here and enjoying watching all these rain clouds roll roll in and all these all these crops grow.
1: Yep. How's the rain down there by you?
2: Uh, it's more like uh, how isn't the rain because it's been raining <laughs> nonstop.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got the same thing up here in
2: Michigan, man. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it seems like it's sunny Monday through Thursday, and then Friday through Sunday every week it's just pouring rain.
1: Why is that? I feel like the deer gods are just like raining down on us and be like, "Nope, not this year. You're not going to be able to get in there and hang your stands or do your food plots or spray them." What the heck is going on, man? I don't know, man. It's
2: uh, I don't know. Hopefully, I'm just hoping that it's, it's gonna it's gonna pass soon because it's. it's you know, because you, you give up your hopes all week like I got this to do, this to do, this to do and then here comes Friday and it's thunder and lightning and you're like damn it <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I agree, yeah today you know Sunday, it rained all day here today and I mean you just got to sit inside and just watch it rain but the good thing is I think they do say I mean on, on rainier summers the, it helps with the antler development and growth a lot more, have you heard of that?
2: Um i w- I've never heard of that, but I say it's probably pretty true because last spring we had a hell of a, a wet a uh well last year pretty were well, just wet I mean th- I mean, there was crops literally they didn't cut crops here like half these fields until like February, really so yeah, so and honestly, I had last year was the best year I've ever had as far as bigger as far as bigger deer co- go you know so, okay I mean I can see that I can totally see that
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get too far into this, I want I want everybody to know who I'm talking about and I, I I already said your name, Cameron Deerfield, but can you fill in the blanks from there? I mean, let us know, you know, where you're from, what you do and and uh yeah, and what got you here today.
2: Uh I'm from the great state of Ohio. I uh'm a tradesman, a outfitter, and just really enjoy chasing chasing deer. I mean, it's uh it's more than just a hobby to me it's it's probably you know it's it's way deeper than that it's just a, a way of life basically and um i'm a father a husband and that about sums me up <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i mean you're pretty par for the course for all the guys that i get guys and gals i have here on the podcast and that i mean that's what i'm looking for just good hard work blue collar guys that are just doing you know awesome things in the in the white tail woods and And, uh, you, uh, you are right there with all the rest of them. And, you know, for a lot of people that listen to this, I don't know if anybody does follow Cameron on, on Instagram or anything, but Cameron did something last year with a buck that he has been chasing for years. And, uh, I don't know, man, it's a pretty crazy story. I don't know the whole story and that's what we're going to get into today. But this deer is an absolute giant and you hunted your, ass off to get this deer and i don't want to ruin it but uh i say we kick it off man and let's go from ground zero let's let's introduce this deer who he is how he got his name and literally like when you found out about this deer how old he was and and what you thought of him
2: yeah so the story started in uh 2015 and um he was a two and a half year old um 11 point and he basically showed up in the middle of November in 2015 and hung around for, I don't know, two months probably and disappeared. And I didn't really give him a name or anything then. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, just, you know. You're a run-of-the-mill a two-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah, you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. And uh, so 2016 rolled around, and he didn't come back. And, you know, I was busy chasing all these all these other deer, and I actually killed a 140 that, that year. And then in 2017, I think it was, yeah, in 2017, he showed up in August.
1: That was the and, first time you saw him again?
2: Yeah, since 2015. And the only reason I knew that it was the same deer is because it was basically the same exact rack, just, way bigger
1: <laughs> and a year older so he, he made a big jump from two to three then
2: well it was actually from yeah so in 2015 that fall i had him so 2016 i didn't
1: so he was a he was a uh full uh a four-year-old okay so i okay so, so he, he was not so there he, as a three-year-old or a three-year-old then you didn't right, see him yeah. one
2: time not one time not one wow. picture Not okay one siding nothing and, uh, so the four year old, he came back in 2017. And the moment he, uh, the moment I got the first picture of him, I was like, man, what a stud. <laughs> he was probably, he's probably 155 inches. So from two and a half to four, he put on probably 50 inches. Holy cow. And, uh, I mean, he, so that, that year I was very torn because I had a buck that was six and a half years old that I had three years of history with. I had his sheds, everything. And, uh, so those were the only two bucks I really had that was worth shooting, and so I was going into that into that season very torn on what to do. Well, the opening day of bow season, I saw the deer, the six and a half year old. His name was uh, his name was Zeus, and uh, I saw him on opening day, and I passed him, and I was like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do.
1: <laughs> you and, actually passed that deer, the six year old. Yeah, I
2: passed the one. Yeah, the six and a half year old, just because I was torn. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, granted, I don't shoot anything under a five year old, but at that time, both deer were about the same size. They were both the the biggest deer that I would have killed at that point in time, and I just wanted to see Papa in person. and And where where he got his name, Papa. His name is Papa or Papa's Pride. Where he got his name was my wife's dad was a horse trainer. And they had a racehorse, and his name was Papa's Prize. Yep. And I didn't really
1: like the
2: I didn't really like the prize part, so I kind of put my own little twist to it. Okay. And uh, so over the day of both season, I passed the six and a half year old, and then the tenth day of both season, they both walk in together at the same time.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> so yeah. what do you do? Th- I mean, are they both in range?
2: Oh, for sure. Matter of fact, Papa <laughs> was actually closer. Than Zeus was, and but I knew by that time in that transition of you know nine ten days I knew what I was going to do. Uh, I fully committed to killing killing the older deer that I had sheds from and everything, and to let Papa grow. Okay, so they both walked in, and I grabbed my I, I grabbed my my bow, and well I I trembled I trembled and grabbed my bow, and was shaking <laughs> like a leaf on the tree. But uh, I pulled back and I actually put it on Papa and I just counted to three and basically took a, a, a deep breath, like, oh man. And as soon as I saw Zeus kind of put his head down, I turned and shot him.
1: Holy cow! And so you uh, almost pulled the trigger on on Papa there.
2: Well, I guess in my mind, I just that was my way of uh, telling myself that I, I could have killed him. You know.
1: Okay. So yeah, so, I, I got gotcha. you.
2: So it was kind of like a just a a, a mental thing, and uh, so I shot Zeus, and I actually got to watch him actually fall and everything. So that that was cool. Papa just kind of stood there and watched the whole thing happen.
1: That's crazy. Now and were they were they running mates like all summer? Did you have them you know, no throughout so the actually,
2: summer? Uh, they I never got a picture of them together until like four days before I killed Zeus, and that was a trail cam video and pictures of them just fighting like maniacs. Really? And yeah, so they didn't really like each other. So that that whole thing of them walking in together really threw me off. Now, what but, were you uh,
1: thinking though when you saw them coming in together and they showed up and you're like, I mean, you've got two deer that anybody would die to to kill these deer, or get a chance even get a chance at one of these deer in a lifetime. You've got two of them in front of you. I mean, what there's you got to be what's going through your head? I mean, I'm just trying to picture oh, that what my, I would be doing.
2: <laughs> my first thought was because I saw Papa first, didn't see Zeus yet. I I thought, oh shit, okay.
1: <laughs> I got to make a decision. <laughs> don't make
2: don't make a bad move. <laughs> and then I saw Zeus walking behind him and it was like, oh god, okay, okay, okay. You know, and it was just uh, man. Up, I mean, I I I hunt hard, man. And up to that point, I've never had two deer that size walking at the same time. Yep, and. It was just, uh, I don't know, man, it it was uh, the closest thing to having a heart attack I think I've I've ever had, but (laughs) it was uh, was very, it it opened my eyes to a whole lot of things. For for one, it proved to myself that I could actually pass a good deer and let him make it to five years old, and uh, because up up to that point, I mean, I, I hunted mature deer, but if a one fifty was standing in front of me, I was definitely killing. Right
1: know? now, now tell me this and be honest. So, so let's say Papa came in, but Zeus did not. Are you? I mean, was it easier to pass Papa because Zeus was there, or you know, if Papa came in and Zeus wasn't there, would you really have a pretty hard time passing that deer?
2: So <laughs> I told myself that if Papa was to walk in by himself at any point in time. Instead of reaching for my bow, I was going to reach and take my arrow off off the off the actual string. Okay. So I wouldn't tempt myself. But if that would have been a year or two earlier, Papa Papa would have would have would have died.
1: Really? Okay.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Um. You know, at that point in time, you know, I that's the first year um, I was uh, 26 at the time, and that's the first year that I felt comfortable doing something like that. I got you. Before I would just think that I, beforehand I would just think I was crazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Now, you know, you killed Zeus then. So you have the whole rest of the season and you can kill two bucks in Ohio. Correct. As a, as a resident. No,
2: actually you can only kill one.
1: Oh, you only can kill one. Okay. I thought you could kill two. Yeah. So then you're, you're tagged out then.
2: That's pretty stressful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you're tagged out. So you don't have to worry about, uh, papa then going out there and hopefully him coming in and like passing him up again you just got to worry about hopefully the neighbors don't get him then
2: yes which happened um okay two weeks after two weeks after i passed papa the neighbor made a really bad shot on him with a bow and he disappeared off camera for about a month and a half i thought he was dead
1: now when did you find out about the neighbor did he tell you or did you kind of hear through the grapevine
2: no, he told me, I go to the, I, I go to the, like, I, well, I don't, I, I used to, I actually quit quit drinking early, but I used to go to the bar every single Wednesday night, and he, and it's, it's this little local, you know, bar, and he told me in there, he's like, hey, man, I shot this really big deer, and he started explaining this deer to me, and I know where he hunts, and I was just like, oh, no, he yep. shot my deer. Oh, boy. You know? Yeah. You know, and then like instantly, like the night that that happened, I just literally just paid my bill and left. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I was all I was all you know, all tore up about it, and uh, for a month and a half, I pretty much that's all you know. That's all I thought about I was like, man, that you know, maybe you should have shot it. Yep. And uh, then one day, it was November. And it was in the, middle of the rut. Boom! There, he, there he was, and he was on four of my cameras in one night
1: wow did he now where'd the neighbor hit him at
2: so he hit him super super high like like honestly where the where the wound was i'm surprised he didn't spine him but somehow he didn't and uh he 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 basically made it so i think for that month and a half he just kind of either disappeared to go heal or he just was like i'm getting the hell out of here
1: laid low for a little bit yeah
2: (laughs) yeah and uh so that picked, you know that that picked me up a whole lot. You know, I started, you know, which, you know, I, you can look at that in two different ways. Like, oh no, he's he's killable, or he just got smart as hell,
1: right? He and, just got uh, educated or he, something.
2: Yeah, he basically watched watched his, watched another deer die because of me, and then he got <laughs> shot all within a month. You know. Yep. So, uh, I followed him until shed season, and. Was looking for his shed non stop. Well found out that another neighbor about half a mile of the road actually found his map set. Oh wow. So added more stress to me like, damn, there's more guys that have, you know, the the uh possibility of shooting. So
1: so you're finding and, out this deer has got a like a big range. Like he's going away.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, like he's traveling. He's traveling. And uh which is which is not common for deer around here, but he he was and uh, he well it's not common for big deer I'll say that yeah but so I went and knocked on the guy's door and I said hey man I was like I have a lot of history with that with that deer um, do you have any history with him he's like yeah I got a couple pictures of him and uh, I was like well I was like how much for those sheds and he was like I'll tell you what five hundred bucks
1: oh my god four
2: <laughs> Yeah, like just being just being a dick. Yep. Or he said, if you shoot him, I'll give you the shed. And I was like, okay, cool, cool.
1: So did so, you take the $500, you know, or did you just like, I'm just going to shoot him, then I'll no, get him later?
2: I didn't give him the $500 because at the time it was kind of like, okay, I know where they're at, and it would be much more, you know, feeling for me to just bring him the actual deer and be like, okay. Right. So, uh because at that point, after I shot my bucket in 2016, and you know, I shot Zeus, I was starting to get a little name for myself around here. And, and, and you know, as well as anybody does, once you start doing that, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, hate that starts yep. to come your way.
1: Oh, no, yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: And uh, so at that point in time, you know, I was, it was kind of like, okay, well, if y'all want to be jackasses, uh, that's fine. I can be a jackass too. <laughs>
1: yep, exactly.
2: Um, and. So basically, I just I let it go, and I got the first picture of him again in April. And okay. uh, how
1: did he shed then?
2: Oh yeah, he, so yeah, so he, he already shed. The the neighbor found the sheds and everything, and then I didn't I didn't have him on camera from probably January. Probably no, I'd say probably the beginning of February until April. And when he showed up in April, he actually had his bases grown out and his, and his uh, route times.
1: Really? In April? And,
2: yeah, in April. And I was like, oh, man, this year's going to blow up.
1: Now, how does like, how yeah. did his wound look now?
2: So it, he had a giant scab on on his side. He he got a scar across his snout, which wasn't there before. and But I could tell by all his patches and everything, it, it was definitely him. Yep, okay. And uh, so from there, man, it just became a it became an every day obsession. I ran twenty trail cameras just for him. I uh, just I was late to work many days because I would wake <laughs> up and, and I'd, be, I'd be dressed and I'd walk out my door and I'd look out in the field and he'd be out there, you know, eating. And I would grab the video camera and film him. And uh, I got like I think like over a hundred hours of video throughout the whole summer.
1: Holy cow.
2: Of just, you know, velvet footage of him. Um like I, I this is no luck. I I literally have four to forty five hundred pictures uh choke hand pictures of of him in just that that spring and summer.
1: Man. So and, uh, so you're getting all these assets of this deer and it the obsession's growing. I, I totally understand What you're going through, and I know every hunter listening to this, you know, understands as well. So, what do you think? in your game plan is going through the summer. I I mean, are you? Do you know where he lives yet?
2: Yeah. So I, I'm very, I'm, I am, I'm very nerdy when it comes to deer. I'm very nerdy when it comes to my trail cameras and everything like that. Like I, uh, basically, what I do is I, I, once I get a deer on camera. First thing I do is look at the wind direction. Look at the uh, the date. I look at the weather, and I and, and I keep track of that with every single picture. And what I do with that is I, I adjust my cameras to where he's coming from. And I find out where he's betting. I find out
0: when he's using
2: the bedding, um, how you know, and, and pretty much everything about it. And that's what I did with him. He had four or five different bedding areas, and I basically could. Like you could text me at any point in time of the day, and I could damn near tell you exactly where he was.
1: That's crazy, man.
2: And but I mean, it was like I said, it was nonstop, stressful, adjusting cams weekly, trying not to blow him out of there, um, you know, and just you know, but I, but I you know I was on edge. Everybody knew about it. Yep. There was at that time. There was only three people hunting him, or going to hunt him, and it was just a. uh he he woke something up inside me that no other deer ever has in in the sense of it was it was uh there was no question on what, what my goal was or, or you know, what what I wanted my season to to be and I was willing to do whatever it took to make that happen.
1: hmm Yeah. And, I, um, I get it, man. Now you're coming into the summer. Are you trying to are you just trying to figure out where he is with the cameras like you said or are you like creating food plots and you know doing other things and manipulating things to try to get him in a different area or try to neck him down or, or shorten his range i mean what what's your thoughts there
2: so i live in farmland so all the farms that i hunt are probably 70 to 80 percent field and the rest of it's wood okay um so but everybody here baits everybody so I have to bait or else I don't have deer, basically. Right. So, what I do to be a little bit different than everybody else is I'll have two main bait piles for each farm every single year. And from those bait piles, what I'll do is when I backtrack these deer and find their bedding, I will start feeding them after bedding almost. So, in doing so, I make them comfortable where they don't have to move a whole crazy lot, you know, and they stay focused on one single area. I give them everything that they possibly need. And what I do in my strategy with that is all spring and summer, I access from the same exact point and basically get him used to bedding to that danger. He beds according to the way I access all spring and summer. So once he gets adjusted to that, and I know he's adjusted to that, Come season, I I access from a one hundred percent different way, and I come in there and I set up between feeding and bedding, and that's how I hunt. Okay. So basically, basically, I use his nose against him in the best possible way that I can, I can, I can think of. Yeah. You know? And uh, so he, you know, it's 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 one of those things that works almost every time, but there's. I can't say almost every time I'd say it's about a 80%, you know, that it actually works. So, and that's something that I've developed over the past four or five years. That's, you know, cause it, like I said, everybody baits It's to the point now, it, you know, big deer don't even come into corn. And if they do come into a corn, you know, to a corn feed, I don't use feeders cause they definitely will not come into a feeder. A, a big deer won't not in my area. So Basically, when, it been, when a big deer does come into a corn pile, he this is no bullshit—he's looking up. He's expecting something to happen. Right. Yep. You know, and uh, so I've, you know, I've I've had to adjust to that. I've had to find my own little style, my own little groove, and doing things so puts me puts me ahead of everybody else. Basically.
1: Just trying to give yourself an upper hand.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and it's just. uh I don't like, you know. People are like, "Oh, well, you bake deer," and like I hate that whole that whole stigma that it has. But it's like, look, guys, I, I have to. To yeah. me, putting out put in the way that I do it is totally crazy and totally different than anybody else. So it's you know, and and it's, to me, putting out a little corn pile is no different than planting a a, a freaking two acre plot, you mm-hmm. know. Yep. It's just, uh, it's just what I have to do. If I planted a two acre plot here, it wouldn't do anything because they have miles and miles of soybeans and corn. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's something that I had to develop and learn. You know, I I used to be that guy when I was 20 years old that would just have one single corn pile and I'd be hunting that corn pile until i seen a decent buck. And I never killed a big deer like that, honestly. So I I just kind of, I had to adjust to that.
1: Yep. I mean, I mean, you're sounding a lot like, you know, kind of how I grew up. You know, we here in Michigan, we can't bait now Um, up in the upper peninsula. We can still, but lower peninsula, you cannot bait anymore. You know, and I grew up with a family that baited, you know, and you had a bait pile and that's how you hunted. And I felt like I lost a lot of woodsmanship and just left behind a lot of different stuff that I could be learning and I'm trying to relearn all that stuff now, you know, and I'm making strides every year and I'm always trying to hone the craft, you know, and just try to do the best I can do. I don't compare myself to anybody else. You know, it's not for me, it's not a, a competitive thing. It, it's like a challenge within myself and trying to get the white, or, you know, to get the deer that I want on his turf, because yep. I, I always say, man, when you go on hunting, you're always, you're, you're never playing a home game. You're, you're at an away game every time, you know, you're, this is their turf. You have to beat them on their yep. level. And that's what just drives me. And, and like, it's a sickness almost like, I just love it.
2: Oh, for sure, man. I mean, it's a, you know, uh, me and you talk and it, and I refer to deer hunting. Well, I, I refer to, you know, hunting big deer, just like chess. It is, it is a game of chess. And in the in the in the game of chess, you have to be you know you have to watch your mood, you have to plan ahead, you have to know that your opponent is trying to do the same thing you are. And in deer hunting, it's kind of like that, but it's like this: you know, you're out there to kill him; he's out there to survive.
1: Exactly. And
2: you're basically you're in his in his you know zone. You're 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 messing with 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 one of these smartest animals to walk the face of Earth, and that's that's no joke.
1: Hundred like, percent, man, I, I agree. Mean,
2: and uh, so you know, it's, it's it's you you have to put fillers out there. You know, you have to fill them out because, it, whether you know it or not, he's filling. He's definitely filling you out, and he's doing it just off pure survival. You know. And he, this is something that he has to do. You're out there doing something that you want to do. So you, you, you have to kind of find that happy medium and then you have to start thinking like a big dude. You. you have to, you, you can't be a deer hunter and a big deer hunter. Those, those are two different types of people.
1: Yep. I agree. So now so, getting I mean, into he's, so now you have him in April. And he's got bases and brow tines already, right? Yeah. So is he, he's a five-year-old that year then?
2: Yep. He's so, he's five years old. He's, in my eyes, he's prime. You know, he's, yep. he's, okay. he's, he's mine. So he's five and, years uh, old.
1: Is that the 2017
2: season? No, 2018. So rolling into the, two, the season that just passed.
1: Okay. Now pick up from there. Now where are we at? Coming through the summer, then right into the fall. Like, what's he looking like? What's he doing? Are your sightings going down at all? No. So,
2: no. So uh, all summer, I mean, like I said, I got you know over hundred hours of footage of him, uh, insane amount of shell cam pictures. I mean, I have this dude down. He uh, and he just started to blow up, man. I mean, May, June, July, August. I as the, as the as the calendar days started to peel. He started to grow, man. He just, was putting on, he just started putting on inches and inches and inches, man. And uh, he basically went from a 9-point. Oh, well, I'm sorry. He was a 10-point because he had a uh, kicker. He went from a 10-point to when I killed him, he had 23 scoreboard points.
1: Holy cow. In the same year.
2: Yeah. So he, from 4 to 5, he put on 45 to 50 inches and put on... And pretty much doubled his points. Wow.
0: That's well, crazy. Well, more than
2: doubled his points, really. But he, uh, yeah, man, he turned into something. He's got 11 scoreable points before you even get to his actual brow time.
1: Holy cow. So he's just got a lot of trash on his bases and, you know, around the. Uh, yeah. Okay.
2: He's got uh, tons. You know, he's he's just. Uh, he has everything. He, so I'm really obsessed with. with, with, with Ten point frames. Okay. Um, I've got five of them. I've got five of them mounted, and he has a main. He's a mainframe ten with split twos, uh, split brows, and a whole bunch of jump.
1: Wow, he's a stud. He, he's a shooter for sure.
2: <laughs> oh, for sure, man. You know, and and here's the here's the thing about him. He had he he had a good sized body on him, but he has a little bit smaller head than most deer his age. So as the summer was going on, you know, I'm thinking to myself, "Man, he's 200 inches. He's 205 inches. He's 210 inches." Like, I just thought that this deer was just, you know, he, well, first off, I mean, he is a big deer, but like, he just he was just turning into something that was like basically what I grew up looking at in magazines and seeing at like expos and stuff like that.
1: Once in a and, lifetime uh,
2: thing. Yeah, and you know, and going into the season was like I said, the best season that I've had so far. I had a uh, multiple deer over, uh, you know, I had two in the one sixties. I had a one seventy. I had Papa, which was he scored a hundred and ninety inches, and it just uh, it was. I knew that the year before was was pretty trying on me, but yeah, I was going into the most trying season of my entire life. Right. And, um, but my goal was set and I was stern on that. It was Papa or nothing. So, I mean, rolling into the season, I was very amped up. I I thought I had him patterned. I thought he was dead on opening day, but he shed his velvet late, probably a week before season. So the third week of September, second, you know, about two and a half weeks in he, uh, Ches Velvet and literally had him on camera every day until the day before both season, <laughs> and he was gone.
1: That's yeah, how it he, happens, he was man.
2: gone. Yeah, he once that velvet came off, he turned into a different animal. And uh, from that point on, man, that what I think so that was September 27th, the day before season, the 26th, and I didn't get another trail cam picture of him until the 5th
1: of October. Of October, okay.
2: And my mind was just spinning for those days, man. Like some, somebody shot him on opening day, and like, oh my God, all this build up to that.
1: Or pushed like, him I'll, I'll pur-
2: <laughs> you know, all this build up and I get a freaking first round knockout, like, oh God.
1: Yep. And, and it's
2: just like uh so October fifth rolls around and I get a picture of him. And then again, like like I said, I study I study his choke hand pictures. I know what wind he likes coming in on in what areas, you know, weather, all this stuff. And so, you know, he, he I had him on camera on the 5th, and so I, I used that to my advantage. I was hunting that, that evening, but not in the right spot, which it, I was in the right spot because the way he came into that spot, he was definitely windy. So I can't say I was in the wrong spot, but um, basically it was just a chess match, man. I got him on camera, I think, five times total from um, the first day of both seasons to November 28th whenever I killed him. I saw him twice. The second day of both seasons, oh yeah, so let's let's take it back, take it back. Second day of both seasons, I seen him through the timber at 100 yards just slow poking it and yeah. heading, heading in the opposite way of me. And, you know, uh, it, you know, I thought, you know, I, there had no point in that hunt I thought it was going to happen because I, I saw what he was doing, but uh, there was no truck camping of him until the fifth. So, and then I had another, and then, you know, it was just every day grinding. Man. I basically, I, I hunted 60 days straight. I knew the area he, 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 he was in. I knew he wasn't far, but yep. the area that he was in was this little strip of timber in the middle of standing corn. And there was no way in hell I was getting to him so so
1: you said you hunted them 60 days straight i mean did you just take a lot of days off of work or (laughs) how were you able to hunt them 60 days straight
2: so uh, the first part of it i was working and then i kind of had it you know i was in the middle of switching jobs so i was like you know what i'm not getting a new job until i until i I basically kill Papa. <laughs> and, I love uh, that you put him above your job. You know, job. You know every, everybody, everybody asks me like, how, how'd you do that? Well, it's deer hunting is my life. man. I, uh, I don't drive big expensive trucks. I don't, I don't spend money. Everybody thinks so I don't spend any money. And you know, it's just like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So, I was just able to, to, to do that. You know, a, a lot of my buddies are, you know, they have college debt and they drive a truck. They costs them $700 a month and like just crazy, you know, crazy stuff. And, uh, I don't have, I don't do that. I mean, I drive a nice truck and I have a nice house and all this stuff. Like I live very well, but it's like, I don't live out of my means, yep. you know? And, uh, so that's how I was able to, uh, to uh, do that basically. So, but I hunted him safe. I wasn't over, over, over hunting him by any means. I was molded. I'd say ninety percent of the time, um, you know, stands, sticks. I, I videoed everything, so uh, you know, it's just uh, I, I played it smart. I knew where he was. I hunted the edges. I, I played. I played. I played his game basically. Yep. Um, everybody's like, "Well, why did he get aggressive and going after him?" If I knew where he was, I would have went in there. And I'm like, "Well, if you knew the situation and you know." What all was going into this? You would have blew your shot if you yeah. would, if, you'd have yeah, if
1: you went in. Yeah, because if you blow it uh, once, man, you I mean you're done. You could be done for. for I mean, good.
2: You know, it's one thing to be playing it safe and somebody else shoots him, but if somebody shoots him because of your mistake, that's a little bit harder to uh, uh, deal yeah. with. Yeah. Yep. So uh, basically, man, I was just playing it smart, and I and I, and I seen him again on I want to say November seventh.
1: So okay, let's go back real quick. Let's 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 timeline okay. here. So, so October or like early October, you saw him once in the in the stand, right? Hundred yards, walking yep. away. Then you got a picture of yep. him on the fifth, and then when was your next yep. picture I, of him?
2: So my next picture was the nineteenth
1: of October. Okay. And, yep. Was this daylight or night shots? Night pictures. Okay.
2: Daylight. So, that's what's crazy. Every picture I got of him in deer, during deer season was day, was a daylight picture.
1: Wow. Was he more morning or, you know, midday or afternoon?
2: There was no pattern. No pattern, no pattern on him. Start. Okay. He have just, just the most nomadic deer I've ever hunted in my entire life. Yep. But, uh, so that was daylight, and he was leaving a known bedding area where I thought he was, but the wind was completely wrong for me to be in there, so... He basically you know, he 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 won that day because of the because of the weather. Uh, so that was the nineteenth. Now I wanna say the next picture I got of him was like it was it was in October, late October I think.
1: And you haven't seen him on the hoof since early October then, right?
2: Yeah, so I haven't seen him in person but that but that one time. Okay. Yeah and uh, but I'm grinding, man. I know he's there. I know. I know that nobody's shot him because if somebody shot him, the word word would have got out.
1: Right. Yep. And
2: but at this point in time, so we're rolling into November now. At this point in time, I know that there's six dudes that I have trail cam pictures of. I know that the farmer is threatening to shoot him off his combine. Oh, I hate that. I mean. I know that gun season is in the month of or in the month of November, and the farmer and the other guy that hunts this place plan on driving this place. So,
1: pressure's getting you know, to I, you. It,
2: <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm literally losing my mind. <laughs> you know? Yep. And uh, it, at that time, man, you know, I like I said, I had some other big deer on camera, and, and through the month of November, I, I contemplated it. Like, you know what? I could go shoot this other deer. Name his name was uh, was was Rocky, and he was 165 inch ten point, and just a stud of a deer. But he was but he was only four, and you know so that kind of fell into my little golden rule of not to shoot anything under under five. But I was so fed up and hunting so hard and putting so much effort into it. I'm like, I'm not going this season and not killing deer. Right. <laughs> like, it's crazy you know. how
1: when you get into that, because you go into the season, you're so amped up, and you're like, it's popper or nothing or anything else. You know what I mean? Every hunter goes through it. And then it's like you get into it, and it's just a grind, and you're like, and then it's, something takes over you, and you're like, man, I just need to get a deer on the ground. Like, you're just working so hard that you just need to, you need to to fill that tag or to take that opportunity, because that's it's just what feeds you. You know, I get it, man. It, but it's crazy how that that can overtake you.
2: Yeah, and luckily it didn't because rolling into November, I had my opportunity at Rocky at fifteen yards broadside.
1: Oh, another test.
2: <laughs> and uh, I, I passed him. I didn't even touch my bow to be honest with you. And I could have killed him. I mean, he was dead to rights. He, he, matter of fact, he was throwing salt in, in every wound that I had because he was just giving me every opportunity and taking his time. And I had no <laughs> idea I was there. But I passed him.
1: And that was early November?
2: Yeah. And so then November 5th, I got another trail cam picture of Papa in daylight in a spot where I thought he was going to be. But the wind was wrong again. And so I wasn't there. That's actually the same day I passed Rocky um, on November 5th. So, on, you know, I it is what it is. And then November 12th or 13th, I passed 170-inch deer that I'd never seen before.
1: Oh, my gosh, dude. How can you do that? <laughs> you got some will, <laughs> you know, man.
2: It was just, I was just, I knew that no matter how frustrated I was, all the build up to Papa, all the late nights, all the work, all the conversations and, you know, strategizing with all my buddies, and you know, driving my wife batty all spring and summer. And, you know, uh, it, it, it was more to me than just killing a deer at that point.
1: Right. You know, it was,
2: uh, it was proven to myself why I do this. It was proven to everybody else that follows me in my story and knows my passion for white toe, it was proving them why I do this. You know, I don't just I don't just hunt to hunt, you know. Yep. And so I passed that deer, which ended up getting shot in gun season.
1: <laughs> when so when is gun season coming in Ohio? What what day was it? So
2: it comes in the last week of November. Okay. So I killed pup on the 28th this year, so it came in on the 26th, I think.
1: Okay. So right now, where are you at with this 170-inch deer that you passed up? What day was that?
2: The I want to say 12th or 13th, I think it was. Okay. It was right in that area. Yep. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, it was one of those deals but when he came in, I'd never seen before. And, I mean, this deer had mass. This deer was just an old deer. I mean, had it had it all and it's kind of like i don't know man it's uh i can't explain to you what what it what it was but it was like a it was a weird feeling for me man because it was like a sense of calmness at the same time yep you know it was like it was like okay you know you've made it this far you know pop is still breathing um just 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 hang in there man mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and yep. you know and then you know it was don't get me wrong man i thought about it hardcore like i could shoot this deer and it's the best deer of my life and, you know it's a hell it's still a hell of a year you know yep and uh but that deer didn't really stick around too too long he was there and he was gone which helped a lot <laughs> and yeah. uh, so rolling into gun week i don't really gun hunt a lot man and uh a scope on the old shotgun because I knew everybody was after him. I knew that the farmers was going to drive it. I knew the neighbors was on him, and I knew everybody was going to driving deer. Here's a big thing, and I hate it. I don't know why everybody does it, but I mean, it's not. I don't hate on people who do it. If that's what you do, then that's what you do, man. I mean, at least you're out there enjoying it. But
1: right for me and
2: my dude, for the deer that I'm chasing at the at, at the current time or at any given time, I hate. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. uh, I. Uh, was going in the gun week, you know, in a very odd place, I was getting a gun ready. You know,
0: it, Normally I'm
2: tagged out by then. But uh, you know, I uh, so open the day of gun season came and it was like twenty mile an hour winds, snowing, I mean horrible. So luckily most people didn't 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 get out. Um I probably heard three shots all day and it was real far away. Okay. And I sat in it all day. Um,
1: What'd you end up seeing all day?
2: A bunch of small bucks and does. So it wasn't too bad because at least I was seeing deer. Yep. And so Tuesday wasn't a whole lot better. It just wasn't snowing. It was still freezing cold. Super, you know, super high wind. And but there's there's you know, there's snow on. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kinda of cool, you know. And like I said, there's a lot of standing crops still. And that's where Papa was. I knew I knew that's where that's where he was. Yeah, he was venturing out at nighttime getting on other people's cameras, but I knew where he was, you know.
1: So where where were you sitting? Were you sitting transition or what was your plan and of attack for where you're sitting?
2: I was sitting in the biggest funnel on this property, which just so happens to be coming out of the standing corner where he was staying. Okay. So Tuesday, like I said, it wasn't snowing, but it was just as cold, just just the windy. And just saw a couple of does on Tuesday. Heard probably four or five gunshots. One was kind of close, which you know you, you know how that goes. You yep. know, I was you know my my mind was racing. Like, Heart oh, sank. Shit.
1: Who dude, shot dude. that? Trying to figure out who it and was. Like,
2: Texan buddies. Do you yep. know this guy? <laughs> and uh, you know nothing. So Wednesday morning. My wife had to, had, to, uh, had asked me to watch our, our daughter. I'm like, you know what? Okay, cool. I was like, all right, I kind of need a break. <laughs> yep. As bad as that sounds. And uh, so I was watching my daughter. She got home about noon, and I suited up. I said, I'm, I'm going out. And so I went out, sat in that photo again, which is something I don't really do. I don't hunt the same spot over and over again, but it was gun season, and I knew that was my best spot
1: are you sitting right on the ground or are you in a tree stand or what's your situation?
2: So the first yeah. So I'm right on, on the, on the ground. Um, okay. I figured if I, if I, I figured if I had a gun, I don't need to be in a, in a, in a tree. So, yep.
0: um, you know, that
2: was my way of kind of even, even up the odds, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so Wednesday rolled around, like, like, like I said, I shooted up about noon and headed out and, at this point in the time of the season, man, I'm stressed. I'm I'm down and out. I'm you know, it's uh it's starting to really weigh on me, and so my wife, you know, I told her I was like I was like I'm gonna go hunt the spot. I was like you know I'm probably not killing Papa this this year, so you know it is what it is. And uh, I packed I packed a bunch of candy bars <laughs> and everything, man. Yep. And I was just like I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna go out here. Well, I didn't see a single deer all evening until about 20 minutes before dark, 30. Well, probably, no, I'd say probably 30 minutes before dark. And I see this big body coming out of the standing corner. And it stops on, on the very edge of it. And I see him turn his head, and it looked like a whole bush moved. And instantly, I'm like, it's, it's popular. And I'm still filming. So I have my camera arm attached to the tree I'm sitting I'm sitting at the base of this tree I have my camera on the tree I reach over I grab my camera I turn it on I spin it around and he takes the you know you know you know how the, how these how these bigger gears that kind of have like that little like sweeping first step as they yep. as, as they take off yep well he he did that as soon as he did that I, I knew 110 percent that it was it was it was possible so he started walking down the street bank. And I'm making sure he's in frame and all this stuff. And, you know, finally he gets on, he gets right on the freaking creek bank, right on the edge of it. And I look down at the camera, he's in frame and I pull the trigger and he drops. But I hit him a little high because as, as I was shooting, he was ta- he was stepping down that, down that bank. And, uh, he dropped right there and started kicking and everything. Well, for some reason, the scope mount that I put on this gun, the following week—I mean, the, the week before—when I did it, the screws or something were too long or whatever. But when I racked the shell, it didn't rack. It didn't rack a a a, a shell. Nothing happened. Okay, that's so weird. he's down there kicking or whatever, and he jumps up. Well, that's what you get for buying a scope mount off Amazon because you need it super fast. <laughs> yeah, but uh. <laughs> but, uh he then he jumps up and he runs about ten fifteen feet up onto the bank, and he's standing there and he's literally looking at me. I don't know how it, he probably hears me messing messing with with the damn gun or whatever, but I just hit him with a freaking slug and he's standing there looking at me. So, you know, I'm you know trying to work work this gun, work this gun, work this gun. So finally, I reach in my pocket, grab a shell, put it in in the actual barrel you know, slide it shut, pull up, boom, shoot him again. He runs in, he runs straight into the corn and I basically lose my shit right there. And uh start crying. <laughs> I call my wife and I literally sound like a thirteen year old girl at a freaking <laughs> and with uh, And it was just, you know, everything was everything leading up to that man, like like I said, the the late nights, you know, I was 10 years old when I shot my first deer, and that was basically 18, you know, 17, 18 years of just grinding. Yep. You know, and, uh, you know, I, 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 everything, every, every emotion I've ever had was wrapped up in, in, in that moment right there. And so I pack everything up after I call my wife, I pack everything up. And I walk to the house. It's almost like I'm so used to bow hunting. I'm like, I'm just gonna give him time. <laughs> you <know>? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I walk back to the house. Man, we're just talking, you know. And uh, you know, while I'm hysterically crying, you know, but she's a uh, she's talking. And uh, I wait on my on my on my friend, on one of my best friends, to get here. My father-in-law, and my brother-in-law, and they all show up, and my brother-in-law. I give him the camera. I said, I want you to film everything and we find, you know, if, if we find him, you know, all this stuff. So we head down to the creek bank and there's hardly any blood. And I'm like, man, what the hell? And I was like, I know I hit him twice. And I walk over to the edge of the standing corner and there's three or four corn stalks broke off, covered in blood. And I'm like, okay. So I started following that path and he was probably 30 yards. Uh, inside of the corn, and I saw his hopes first. And I turned around. and I'm like, "It's Papa's pride." And well, I, I say, "It's Papa's effort, pride." You know, but, uh, <laughs> freak out, man! I run up to him, and you know, uh, it's just just a magical moment, man. I mean, That's it's crazy. That, uh, it's something that I've, I've lived for in my entire life. Is that moment? It's not to me. It's not just killing deer, man. It's it's accomplishing something that you set out and something that you, a goal that you make months in advance and pushing yourself to limits that you've never done before all to just succeed you know
1: 100 percent. and
2: uh, that's what it was to me and it was uh it was a dream that i thought was always going to be a dream and i literally watched it all come true in the course of two two or three years and I mean, I mean, I still like right now. I'm sitting here talking to you, looking at him. just, it, it. Every once in a while, it just hits me, and you know, I, you know, I still get, I still get choked up about it. And uh, it's, but I'm, I'm back in it. I'm, I'm right back at square one. The deer I passed last year, Rocky, who's a four-year-old. It's me and him this year. Yep. <laughs> you know, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm back in the game. I'm back to you know, the, the whole process of it all is what I really love. That's that's my passion.
1: I agree. I you couldn't have said it better. That that's the process is almost, if not better than the hunting. You know, I just love the preparation and and trying to set yourself up for the best success that you can you can have.
2: Yeah, man. It's uh, I don't really have the passion to hunt anything else. Uh, you know, like we just got done with uh with turkey season here and everything, like i killed kill a turkey this year, but I literally bought my license and tagged the night before and we went out there. the very next day and shot the turkey. Yep. So it's just like, White Tails to me, it's just uh, it's like, there's to me, with hunting anything else, there's just no romance. And what I mean by that is it, you can't pick a turkey out and fall in for two or three years until he's prime and shooting.
1: Right. You can't,
2: you know, if, if, if you're an elk hunter, you go out west. Nine times out of ten, those dudes are shooting the first mature bull that's in front of. Them.
1: Right. Yeah. They're not out
2: there. Chas- they They're not out there chasing one single bull. Um. You know, it's just that's the whole romance of it all, man. It's just uh, you basically fall in love. And you know, in in order to be good at at killing mature white cells, you have to love the process. You have to, and that's what it is, man. It's uh it's an undying. Just love.
1: Basically. Yeah. I I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. I mean the process like is is where it's at. And you know, when you brought up the you know, I haven't really looked at it that before when you brought up, you know, the guys that are hunting the elk, you know, and they're just out there I mean a lot of guys are going out there for the first time and just shooting the first legal bull. You know? And then, yeah. you know, guys that do it year after year, I'm sure there's there's a handful probably out there that you know, live out out west that are probably picking out bulls, but probably not a lot of guys, like you said. You know, and turkey season, same thing for me. I enjoy turkey hunting. I've turkey hunted my whole life, as long as I could turkey hunt. And I've killed a bird just about every year that I've been able to turkey hunt. And, you know, I love getting a gobbler in really close. But I'm not going to lie to you. You give me four or five days straight of turkey hunting, I'm, like, kind of sick of it. You know what I mean? Like it's getting up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, getting them out of the roost and all that stuff, and it's like long days, and then the, you know, it's daylight longer in the afternoon, and you know, you just get tired, and it's like it's just, you know, it's fun when you're in it, and then it it just kind of drags on a little bit, gets old. But I agree, man. The, The the there's something about whitetail.
2: If you tell a diehard turkey hunter that there's no romance in turkey hunting they get offended and they say, what do you mean? You call it a bird. And you know, what I mean by that is, you know, you can't really, just like I said, you can't pick out that single bird. And it's not just, you know, to me, when you are turkey hunting, you're out there killing, you're out there hunting Turkey, not a Turkey, yep. you know, and there's no buildup to that. To, you know, yeah, there's a buildup from, you know, deer season, to turkey season. And, oh, I can't wait for turkey season, but there's no, hardcore driving force behind it not for me anymore you know like it's just uh <laughs> i always say the word romance because i can't think of anything other than that you know yep. <laughs> it's just uh, that's what it is man you got it when you you basically gotta you got you, you gotta it's like falling in love basically every single season with whitetail. you got in you know and a lot of people don't hunt specific deer they just have four or five deer Yep. That, that they're going after me, two or three deer. I noticed when I have that, you know, I used to do that. When I was going into the season with two or three deer that I could kill, I was, I was, I didn't try as hard. I was a little bit lazy. I, uh, it, the, the buildup just wasn't there like it is now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And because, you know, you think, oh, well, you know, if I blow this one out, I still got this one. Well, to me, that one is what I'm after. That's the chess match me and me against him you know i i find out all his flaws i find out i find out everything he likes and i just take him apart yep and that to me is unmatched
1: (laughs) yeah i call it getting intimate with the deer and that's a lot of people give me crap about naming deer and i name them for one i name them because it's easier to identify them you know, when you're talking to your buddies or something like that, you show them a picture. It's like, oh, this is so-and-so. And, And, you know, instead of saying this is, you know, the tall-browed eight, you know what I mean? So that's why I do that as well. But I feel like if I name them, that's a deer I'm going after, and that's a deer that I've had history with and, you know, a story with. And I love stories. I I love you and I talked about before we started recording. That's, you know, and that's all part of the process, hanging in the stands, you know, trail cams, you know, scouting the deer and the beans in the summer and getting footage of these deer like that's you're building your your story and your process and you're getting intimate with that deer you know it's almost like you know that deer you know and it's it's just awesome and like i said i get ate up in it just like you do man and it's the best thing ever and i love it
2: yeah it's uh you know a lot of people don't get that but that's okay man you know that's if you don't get it, then it's not a bad thing, but I mean, there's no need for me to explain it to you.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, cause if, if if you, if you were the type of dude to understand what I'm talking about, then you're, you're ate yep. up with it, you know? Yep. And for you, sure. and you know, everybody has their own, you know, I look at it like this. That's why there's all these different car makers. Cause nobody likes the same color. You know, nobody's got the same style. Everybody's got their own style. Everybody's got their own thing that drives them. Some people just like to go out and hunt because they enjoy, the, you know, being out there. Some people go out and hunt because they want to they want to they, they fill, a, fill a, you know, freezer pool. I go out and hunt to prove to myself that I can outsmart a deer. I prove to myself that I can set goals and crush them. I prove to myself that, you know, it's taught me that, you know, it's taught me how to have, you know, perseverance and taught me how to focus and taught me all this stuff throughout my entire life and it's 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 a it's a deeper thing than just deer hunting. yeah for sure
1: (laughs) for sure well i want to transition real quick here before we get off here and you know before you and i were talking and you're you were saying that you're an outfitter now. You have an outfit. So I I wanna get into this a yep. little bit before we we wrap it up. Now give me the give me the down and dirty on your outfitter. What uh what do you got?
2: Okay, so it's in the great state of Kentucky and um uh, we lease right about twenty thousand acres right now. And uh it's me and my me and my buddy and we uh basically we're not in it for the money, man. We're in it to grow deer. We're in it to uh, basically, it's basically a giant, like, you know, some people play play video games. Some people, you know, play chess, or some people play, you know, softball. To us, this is just a giant playground for us. Yep. We get to uh, go out and plant food pots wherever. We get to uh, basically grow deer, and that's what we, we, we love. We're not gonna. We're not going to overhunt anything. If you come hunt with us, you'll say you hunt with us for five days. You will never hunt the same farm twice. Um, basically, we're just we're just trying to change the whole mindset of you know going on guided hunts or you know paying to to actually shoot a deer. And it's something that uh, it's been a dream of mine my you know my entire life to actually work and do what i love for a living so um like i said man we're just out here trying to grow giant deer and change people's minds about a whole lot of stuff and and if there's anything else i'm passionate about when it comes to deer hunting it's putting other people on deer um after i shot papa this year i tried to put three or four three or four of my of my buddies on deer and uh, it's it's just something that i really really like and then we you know all this kind of transpired and this is our first year of actually, you know, making it a business. And, you know, I, I grew up hunting down there. I shot my first year ever at ten years old down there. Um, my, my family farms down there. So, and it's, and it's a lot different other, it's it's a lot different hunting than what I'm used to. Uh, it's, it's all hill country down there. And every day that I hunt here, it's all farmland. So it's just, it's, it's a fun little mix up. And, I mean, uh, we're, we're just having fun with it, man. I mean, uh, we're, we're about to drop our Instagram page and Facebook page. Everything's rolling. I'm down there every single week in hanging stands, cutting plots, uh, putting up uh, um, blinds, and, you know, just nonstop. We, as of right now, we, we're running about 300 trail cameras. Um, we're just, like I said, we're just having fun with it.
1: That's sweet, man. Now, if anybody is interested in booking a hunt or, you know, looking at your stuff, where can you, you know, guide them to go and, and to go through the steps to do that?
2: So as of right now, until we drop the page, just go to Cameron underscore DIY Hunter on Instagram and, uh, shoot me a message. Um, like I said, we're going to drop our, our outfitting business, um, page in about two three weeks from now um we just got we are getting everything like i had to go get my actual guide license and all this stuff so we're going through that whole process now on top of trying to get all the land ready and, you know building fences and that, i mean it's just non-stop work but uh but yeah you can reach out to me on you know on any type of social media um and we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely get you get you set up we're offering velvet hunts um uh, good thing about kentucky rifle season is right in the middle of freaking rut so um that definitely works out
1: (laughs) awesome man and
2: uh but yeah um it's just uh like 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 i said we're not in it for for the for the money we actually run deals for people if it's a father-son combo we're actually running running deals for that um we're putting on hunts for use for two, there's going to be two veterans and two youth hunters that come in this year that are 100% free. Um, basically, man, like, 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 like I said, it's just, uh, it's, well, I can't say it's a hobby cause it's more than a hobby to us cause we're, are passionate about it. But, uh, it's just something that we're, I want to, I want to be known as one of the best around as far as putting people on deer now. You know, I'm kind of at that point. And, uh, that's, that's
1: the complete goal that's awesome man well i appreciate you coming on and doing this and talking about you know papa and your seasons and and talking about the you know the new venture for the outfitting business and um for you you know you said you filmed the papa hunt where can people see that uh if they want to go check it out
2: yeah so the whole thing's Um, I tell the whole story it's like an 18-20 minute long video we're on so look up DIY Hunter on YouTube and Amazon Prime Awesome Um, We uh it's uh it tells the whole story and you get a real visual of of Rocky, Zeus all these deer that I I, I mentioned They're all part of the story and part of the video So uh it's 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 really cool man
1: (laughs) That's awesome well cool. I say we wrap this thing up and uh, like again, I appreciate you coming on and doing this man and and uh, yeah, best of luck to you coming up for this next season.
2: Yep, thank you,
1: man. Man, I I just can't believe that. I, those stories get me every time. And it's just like me going to, you know, the bar or, or having a get together with some buddies and you're just kind of talking about stories like this is why I do this podcast to talk to guys and gals that are like-minded that uh just love whitetail hunting and you know in hunting in general just getting out there and doing something so i mean cameron is eight up in whitetails and that's really cool to see his passion and i think you could feel it come out in this podcast talking about you know papa's pride and and really the journey behind this deer so that was really cool and you know i appreciate cameron coming on and doing this and and, uh, you know, he's, he's starting that new venture with his outfitting business. And, and once he gets that up and going, I'm going to promote it a little bit. I told him I'd promote it and help him out a little bit there. So if you guys are interested, go in and DM him on Instagram and, and uh, ask him anything about it because he's, he's an open book. He'll tell you whatever you need to know. So a um, couple of reminders, you know, if you guys could go to iTunes and uh, leave a five-star rating, on the on the podcast all you gotta do is literally if you listen to this on your phone go to your podcast itunes podcast app and uh go to the fall podcast scroll down and you're gonna see five stars just hit that five star just just hit it if you if you would i i really appreciate if you would and then just leave a little review right underneath that you can you know leave a comment literally good bad and different i don't care just just leave something give me some feedback um, if there's anything that you guys want to hear on the podcast, go to the Inst- my Instagram page, The Fall Podcast, and DM me there. Say, hey, I want to, this guy I think is good, or this gal is good that you should have on, or I want to hear more gear reviews, or I want to hear more about filming. I just need you guys to go do that, because it's hard for me to know what you guys want to listen to, and I just want to keep growing and keep giving you guys information that is relevant and that you guys enjoy, so... I don't know. I guess that's all I got to say. I'm rambling way too much. I need to take a drink of water, getting dry mouth. So I'm going to stop recording here, and I really hope you guys have a great rest of your work week. And get out there. If your turkey season still going, get out there, get a gobbler, share the pictures on you know, the podcast, Facebook, or Instagram page, and I will share them as well. So thanks for listening, guys, and I will see you next week. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network Brought to you in part by HuntStand The number one hunting and land management app
0: Brave anglers search for the one they call king But who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern Presented by Abyss Battery Waypoint TV